Hi and welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to Raw Chatter. I am your host and presenter, Vicky Midwood. This is season three of this podcast that will be talking about fitness, health, alcohol dependence, issues around food, body weight, body image, and all of the stuff related to how we feel about ourselves and in our own skin. I do hope you enjoy these episodes and I would love you to comment and connect with me on social media. If you get the opportunity to drop me a line, I'd also love to hear from you. It's Vicky, V-I-C-K-Y, at vickymidwood.com. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome. It's Vicky Midwood here, your host of Raw Chatter, and I have got an amazing guest with me today. Stephanie Shaw is also a podcast host. She is an author and a speaker, and she has an incredible story to share with us. Hot Flashes is the name of the podcast. So, Stephanie, I'm going to hand over to you and ask you why Hot Flashes. Yes. <laughs> Hey, Vicky, thank you so much for having me. I'm so thankful for this opportunity. So I decided to name that podcast Hello Hot Flash because I'm like, I think we need to be embracing this time in our lives. It's super important um, that we not shy away from menopause because I think it's such a beautiful time in life. It's what you do with this time in life that that it um, impacts you. So that's why I said, hello, Hot Flash, we're going to, going to embrace you and move forward. Fabulous. So of course, typical me got the name wrong. But hello, Hot Flash. Yeah. Sounds like we're kind of going, yeah, come on in. It's okay. Rather than, oh, my God. I'm not- and, and that's the attitude, isn't it? That we want to get women to have when menopause comes upon us. Um, so tell us a little bit about what your experience of, of menopause was and what got you into obviously creating the podcast itself. But there's something else that you do as well, which share with the people why and how you got into nutrition. Yes. So I, in all honestly, honesty, I was ignorant about the process of going through perimenopause. I thought you get a hot flash. Yeah, you're kind of, you're okay, move on. Um, But I have, the more research I do, I probably have had 95% of every single symptom that you think that has been listed. I was really, really sick for a long time. So March 23rd, 2017, I was walking down the street in New Orleans and my body just froze. I, I thought I was having a stroke. And that night I ended up in two different um, emergency rooms. But if I look back, I had had symptoms of not being able to climb a flight of stairs without rapid heartbeat, eating certain foods, my heart was beating fast, twitching in my eyes, tingling in my hands and feet, hot flashes. Um, just There was a whole list of symptoms that were going on. On top of it, I was holding on to stress where I couldn't turn my neck back and forth and I had a sciatic pain. So stress, perimenopause, all of this stuff was going on at one time for me. Um, So I ended up going to, over a course of two years, I went to 18 different doctors across four states, two world-renowned medical facilities, and over $20,000 out of 
pocket, trying to figure out what was wrong with me. So I could have taken the, well, first of all, no one mentioned nutrition and no one mentioned menopause. All of those doctors, like not one. Um, so I could have taken the medication and so forth, but I knew that there had to be a way that I could figure this out so that I could heal my body. So just yeah. let me jump in for a minute there, because obviously you're in the US, we're in the UK, and we're known in the UK as being really good at moaning and complaining about things. But I think it's really important for my listeners <laughs> universally to hear that this this goes on everywhere. Yes. That what seemingly is such an obvious question for people to ask, you know, do you think that it could be Yes. your age, menopause, and there must be, you know, a list of symptoms that, that GPs, practitioners have that they know are linked to, and yet nobody was asking you those questions. No. So it's just unreal. I know, I know, and it, it fed into my ignorance because I'm thinking, it, it actually caused me to have some anxiety attacks. So part of that 20,000 was, you know, visiting an emergency room probably once a month. Um, but it, I, I had so much anxiety because I'm like, what is going on from cardiologists to spine and neck doctors to OBGYNs to just a physical, two different physical therapists, acupuncture, dry needling. Like I'd gone the entire gamut and no one mentioned menopause or nutrition. Like no one asked me about I'm it. Just like, my mind's having a boggle. <laughs> Did nobody even ask you about your periods? And even like no. just a simple, like, are you menstruating regularly? Did that right. not even come up? So, well, of course my OBGYN knew. I had had a hysterectomy, but if I look back, I believe the hysterectomy, if these questions would have been asked before the hysterectomy, I may have not, I'm convinced that I would not have had to have one because wow. of the heavy irregular bleeding. If I were told that, you know, my estrogen and my progesterone and all of my different hormones were basically out of whack and I should do X, Y, Z, do make some lifestyle changes, eat differently, exercise, get rid of the toxins in the home, the stuff that we know to do, I believe that I could have been spared the hysterectomy. And I, I believe that also that while I didn't, I, I think it also triggered the, the onset of menopause, but in a different way. So while I joke about hot flashes in all honesty, I didn't have them like quote unquote, people say that they had them. I just had all the other stuff that no one ever talks about. And you're right, there's, I, I've created a list for folks of just kind of go down this checklist and then make some notes on the list for yourself so that you can present this to the doctor because uh, especially in the US we we it's become a numbers game and often it's not to the fault of the primary care physician they have numbers and measurements to meet so they're like you're in you're out you're in you're out and if you don't come prepared for those conversations then what happened to me could potentially happen to you. But I, I like I knew there had to be another way. So I ended up going back. I got two nutrition certifications. I kept asking people in my community, my friends, like, like who can help me? And I found a naturopath who was like 2000 miles away. But he gave me this list of questions and you're supposed to just like check what applies to you. I think I checked almost everything <laughs> on this list. But the cool part is, he didn't come back with take this pill, take this treatment, take extra, extra estrogen, take. He came back and said, change your diet, add these supplements. And I changed my diet, 
added the supplements and healed my body. And that, I mean, this is where I know my listeners are going to be going, well, it can't have been that easy. And of course, as we know, changing your diet is is something that is a bit of a challenge and you need a lot of guidance and a lot of help mm. in how into how in to knowing what to do but how to go about it in the right way for your body and yes. um, and going back to the checklist and and that conversation and you're absolutely right it happens here in the UK too if you don't tick the boxes and hit the numbers then we're just going to send you off on your merry way mm -hmm. but if people can be armed themselves with some knowledge about you know the symptoms that they're having and at least say look this is what's going on and i know because i've got a list of symptoms that match with this that this is likely what it is and i am looking for you know whatever it happens to be that they're looking for i think it makes such a difference so when you started on that journey and and you got the answers from the naturopath did you kind of breathe a bit of a sigh of relief and recognize that there was something that you could do for yourself and you weren't going crazy and it wasn't a a, a massive major illness that was happening yes i did and i'm going to step back just one quick second and say on top of going to the doctors i also had mris cat scans scans for cancers all and all blood work every single thing including my blood pressure and my ekgs always came back absolutely normal. So I want people to think about that too, because a lot of times your doctor will say, well, everything looks fine. So that's part of digging deeper. Yes. Exactly. Thank you for so bringing I, that up. That, yeah, that's yes. such a key, important one, particularly for, for women yes. who know that we just don't feel right. Mm -hmm. But we don't know what it is and we can't put our finger on it. And they go, oh, I send you for blood testing. And yeah. you get those results and you go, yeah, no, everything's fine. And you're going, yeah, but it's not. It's, it's not. not. You know that it's not. And then you can, depending on the doctor, they can either listen to you or they can just dismiss you as being a little bit paranoid or maybe a hypochondriac or whatever. Right. So it's really important that you that you brought that up. And I think, you know, once once we recognize that blood testing it's a numbers game again, yeah. right? There is a massive parameter of what is normal. And yeah. what I explain to my clients is that we're looking for optimal, not normal. Yeah. And so if you're at the bottom, bottom, tiny bottom end of normal, you're probably not going to feel great. Just as if you're at the very top end of the normal range, you're also probably not going to feel great. And this is where so many issues get missed because you're in that wide, wide range, which is not optimal. Yeah, I was always like almost there. Oh, you know, your your um, your uh, blood glucose is, you know, don't really worry about it. It's, you know, it, it's within a parameter or all the tests always came back where to them as normal but also remember with blood work it's a period of time Correct. and as you said you know how you feel so being your own advocate is huge and, yeah. and and to your other question no it was not easy so while i say i changed my diet and exercise and changed my mindset oh yeah but so mine had gotten so bad that i missed my son graduated um, got his master's degree so i could not go to the dinner and my other son graduated from high school and I could not go to the graduation dinner. So it had started impacting my family life as well. And I was not for that at all because I'm like helicopter mom at every single event doing whatever. So I, I think it was in my mind, I looked at it as being easy for me only because I was completely determined in no 
way that I'd ever been before to get off that orange couch that I was sitting on um, all the time and to get back into life. But it, you're right. It's not easy. First of all, you need to learn what foods are right for you because just because it's healthy, like some fruits are horrible for me and for my body. So you need yeah. to walk through that process of understanding what food is right for you, what supplements are right for you. It's not right for everyone. And if you are on any type of medication, you need to have those conversations. I always say with the pharmacist versus your doctor, but with the pharmacist that you trust <laughs> so that they can help you. And it did not happen overnight. Um, it, I, I always say it took me 50 years to get in the state that I was in. So it took close to a year in order with me really focusing on diet, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of mindset work um, and exercise in order for my body to change. But it's so cool now because even this week, I'm like, oh, I really want pineapples, which give me hot flashes. I already know it. But what did I do? I ate pineapples all week. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I have a hot flash. So the cool part about it is I know that. So now for the next two to three months, I won't eat any pineapples or any tropical fruit and I won't have a hot flash. So there's this learning curve that comes into caring for your body as well. So you will be able to start controlling the way that you eat. And don't think that you have to do it 100% all the time. I always tell clients 80%, 80, 85% of the time, if you're eating well, you will be able to control um, the stressors and the sleep and everything else that goes along with menopause. Yeah. And th that's such a big one, I think, that comes up for a lot of people, isn't it, is the stressors, because yeah. people don't recognize. I mean, this is going out just after um, April, which is Stress Awareness Month right. here in the UK. And, and what we don't recognize is, is that there are so many things that create a stress response within the body yes. and it creates inflammation. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the obvious things because I think stress is one of those words that's kind of changed how we view it. And it's such, it's banded about so easy. Oh, I'm so stressed. Right. Well, we just kind of mean I'm quite busy. <laughs> so, so, so actual stressors, though, just help people to um, get an idea of, of what you discovered were stressors for you. Yeah. So I think um, so I'm in the middle of writing a course uh, called Mastering Menopause. And in that course, I had to go back and relive some of this stuff. And three things showed up um, right before and at the beginning of me being so ill. We had multiple deaths in the family. But in my mind, I believe in life after death. So I'm thinking, oh, I'll see them again. I felt like I handled it. OK, we had job loss within our household. And for 30 years, we never we always had multiple streams of income and things are just always worked out for us. So this was something new in my mind. I'm thinking it always worked out, but my body must not have been telling me the same story with the death. My body was not telling me the same story. So with stress, I think it's really important to allow yourself to be OK with things that may stress you out and then get start to work on getting to the root cause of the stressors. Like what is really behind um, maybe the, for me, the death and loss? The loss for me was um, more about um, the fact that our family is so close and when people are taken away, like, will this be the beginning of us not all getting together again? Or, you know, how does this impact my kids or my grandkids won't be able to know this, this family member? Like it becomes a lot deeper to me because family is so close. 
but I had to start to recognize at every stress level what that root cause was and then dealing with, start to deal with it. Because a lot of times you don't, it's not just um, everyday stress that's bothering you. And also one thing that you said is, um, I'm so stressed. When you're speaking that over yourself all the time, yes, you will be stressed. So I had to also start to change my language and not telling myself that I am stressed out. This is a situation I need to deal with it right now. I get to decide how I'm going to deal with it. And then I need to move forward. And I know that sounds because we're in within a tight time frame. I know that sounds very simplistic, but it, it took a lot of work. It took meditation. It took journaling. It took prayer. It took conversations with trusted friends in order for me to get to that place. But now it's super refreshing because things just don't stress me out. Like even if I think it, you know, it might, I'll, I'll sit, I'll think. Hmm. All right. I can, I can deal with this. And my body feels so different. It's incredible what joy feels like and lightness feels like. And when you can work on the body, the mind, um, that's what you also can feel. And that's how you get through that second phase of, uh, or get to menopause. I think so clearly because in this phase, you gain wisdom. Like now I know it's not that big of a deal that someone left the toilet seat up put it down and keep moving move on and i'm gonna just go back to something that you said there that i think is really important to pick up on because what you talked about was was getting deeper in and with getting to know yourself that is getting wisdom who am i how do i think how do i feel but one of the things that that when you were talking about the thoughts that you were thinking about what did loss mean mm-hmm. and what we do know is that so much stress is created by the thoughts that we think about the stuff that's going to happen that never actually will very true that is so and that true. is where our brain takes us and so it's not actually the death of someone necessarily. It's the interpretation. It's the perception. Mm-hmm. It's where our thoughts go to what might possibly maybe happen, but actually will never actually happen. But your brain's going to go there. And that's what creates the stress response. So when we can start to be aware of our own thinking, then we can decrease the stress. And that means doing things like taking time out, meditating or journaling or just being in nature and noticing what am I actually thinking and then is it helpful is it even true is it even mine right and this is the stuff that once you can start to do that you can become just like you've said somebody who then can just take this stuff and Mm -hmm. and it's not going to have that profound effect that it might have done had you not done the work and learned about yourself yeah. And, and giving yourself time to grieve as well, too. So grieving job loss, grieving changes, grieving a divorce, grieving death. I didn't grieve um, the death of my dad because there was so much work that I had to do to get his business in order and then to take care of my stepmom. And like, I didn't grieve any of that. And then finally, in the shower one day, I just screamed and cried for like 45 minutes. And it I didn't understand everything that I was holding on. The job loss, even though, you know, we were fine financially, the circumstances around the loss, until I like actually grieved that moment and understood it, then I could live it. So part of um, me keeping the stress off my body now is like, okay, is this going to impact me long term? Do I need to grieve this? Is, is okay. It's okay. 
grieve it and then move past it. Just, I guess the, the, the one, the best way to say is make a decision about the stress. Are you going to allow it to continue to make you ill or are you going to work to get rid of the stress on your body? Yeah. And, and that's the decision. And then what you talked about, about pineapple and the, the thing yeah. that we, menopause kind of, and especially for people who have been kind of what I call lifetime yo-yo dieters, yeah. right? They go straight into this, What's I need to follow a menopause diet. And it's like, stop, stop with the diet, stop with the restrictions. Stop. And I know that a lot of ladies listening will go, yeah, but I eat healthy. So it's not my diet. My diet's fine. I eat healthy. And it's like, it's not about what you conventionally think is a healthy food. As you've just quite rightly said, everybody thinks, well, fruit and vegetables, well, they're healthy, but not in everybody's body. And that's what we've got to recognize is that, yes, we're all human beings, but our bodies are not going to respond in the same way to the same stuff. And so getting into tune and understanding and listening, not dismissing Mm -hmm. the signals that your body gives you, you know, like the hot flash. It's like you connected that with pineapple. You know, other people might be very regular coffee drinkers and not connecting that actually your coffee's making it worse. Yeah, and it's not always things like chilies and the stuff that, other, that you hear and read about, but it could be other things that affect you mm-hmm. in the same way that like pineapple does. But the difference is now you're choosing not to eat pineapple. Not because somebody said you can't, you mustn't, it's not on your diet plan. <laughs> But because you've made a choice and now it's not hard, is it? No, no, it's not. It's actually not. Again, I just got on this kick the past couple of weeks. It was, you know, really fresh in the grocery store. And I'm like, I know I'm going to suffer. So I'm suffering right now. My fault. And then I, you know, this morning I woke up. Do I make a pineapple smoothie? No, I want to feel better. So I just probably won't eat it until it's fresh again next spring. So I like know what to do. So I think part. So. Also, what you just said around um, uh, eating healthy or thinking that you eat healthy, I went into a lot of those doctor's appointments bragging because I was a vegeta- vegetarian. I'm like, it can't be the food because I'm a vegetarian. So, <laughs> and I eat pretty healthy, and I did eat pretty. I ate pretty healthy. So I don't know if me saying that maybe dismissed the thought in their mind. I'm trying to give them a little bit of leeway here because these are like, I went to my uh, girlfriend is. Um, one of the lead people, lead uh, executives at one of the nationally ranked um, hospitals that I went to. So like I had the best doctor. So I'm trying to give them a little leeway. <laughs> but um, but I went in saying that not, and now I recognize things like, even as a child, when I eat ca- cabbage is another uh, uh, food that I can't eat. Even as a child, when I eat cabbage, like the next day, kind of didn't feel right. So it it's not about eating healthy is about eating for you and for your gut. And even if you're an identical twin, your gut is different. So right. recognizing that even with a quote unquote meal plan, there are things that you need to adjust to make sure that they're good for your body. Absolutely. And this is why working with a coach yes. is is so, so important and so helpful because yeah, you can sort of work this stuff out on your own, but it's going to be a lot faster if you work with somebody who can help you and and give you some strategies and tips and just how to overcome the obstacles that your mind is definitely going to come up with. So let let people know how they can find you and just what do you offer? And also let them know, when is your podcast out? 
Oh, yeah, sure. So first of all, once again, thank you. Um, they can find me at hellohotflash.com. And the podcast airs every Thursday morning at 5 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time in the USA. So uh, fresh episode each week, every Thursday. I'm currently creating a course called Mastering Menopause, and that launches um, that by the time this airs, that will have already launched. So you can find that information out on the website. And the course is about shifts that we're making in this season in our life, a mindset shift, body shifts and lifestyle shifts. And once you can get all of those in place, that's when menopause begins to work out for you. Uh, uh, so th those are the two things that I'm working on. And all of my social media handles also are uh, actually they're Hello Hot Flash uh, podcast. So Instagram and Facebook, but HelloHotFlash.com, you can find everything. Right. And and I think one of the things that and this is why we kind of knew that we were on the same page when we first spoke together is recognizing that that this is not the end. This is you stepping into the new and exciting phase of your life where you can actually embrace yourself like you've never done before. Um, so do you have any final words to leave our listeners in with? Because menopause, I believe, and I think you do too, is the start, not the end. I, I that, That's what I was going to say. Um, just... just uh, I was going to say it's the start, not the end. So I echo what you're saying, uh, but also in, to to embrace this time because think of it this way: you have more wisdom in the things that you say, more wisdom in the way that you walk, what you do. You've learned some things, what, and now it's time for you to implement some of the things you've learned and to live in the freedom that comes with being an older, more mature adult. Yeah, and being comfortable being you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Brilliant. Stephanie, it has been an absolute delight. Thank you so much. Folks, please do keep on tuning in. If you have enjoyed what we have talked about, please do hit that subscribe button so we can let you know when the next episode is out, but also pass it on to somebody who you think may find the content of this podcast helpful or useful, because we aim to talk about subjects that perhaps are a little bit difficult to talk about with certain people, but maybe just giving them a little bit of a nudge and just saying, hey, have a listen to this. You might just be helping them to help themselves to feel fantastic in their own body. You only have one body. We only have one life as far as we know. Look after yourself. You do deserve it. You are worth it. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Take care. Thank you.